I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And I am very excited about this episode. Me too! I feel like it's something that's really close to our heart. And then secondly, I don't think it required so much... um, We're speaking more from emotion and opinion and just love. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about our favorite fictional feminists. Yes, and I feel like this could be an ongoing series. I so think I it kind of think should be. this is volume one. Volume one of our favorite fictional. And feminists. I, I think there's about a ninety-eight percent chance that we're doing the same. Person. I think that there's a very good chance. So originally, the idea was for us each to pick our favorite fictional feminist, and it could be from a movie, from a book, from a TV show. Um, really, it could be anything, and. I'm pretty sure that we ended up doing the same person. And what's interesting is that this person and this show reminds me of you. Same. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hold (gasps) on. Okay. We're going to say it at the same time. Okay. One, One, two, two, three. Topanga! Yes! Oh, God. That was really loud. So sorry. That was really loud. But yes, Topanga Lawrence. Topanga motherfucking Lawrence. Good. You know what? I'm actually happy that we're doing the same one because I feel like Topanga deserves her own standalone episode. Yeah. She deserves the entire Literally everything she says could be quoted as like a feminist quote. I watched a few episodes this morning. I've been binging. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching because I was like I was reading up on it, and I was like, God, I haven't watched these episodes in so long. I need to kind of, like, get back into that mindset. So I was watching, like, just, like, the first episode that she shows up in, Mm -hmm. another one after that, and then I watched one from season two. And I'm just like, God, everything she says is so progressive and woke and wonderful. And way before 
woke was even a thing. Like, exactly. You know, and she was woke from the time she was a child, yeah. you know, and, and throughout the entire series. Throughout the entire series. And the mom, too, said a lot of really yeah. great things. You know, kudos and to the writers of Boy Meets World. For real. Like, they yeah. knew what was up. And I did a bunch of, like, different articles. I read, I did a mm-hmm. bunch. I read a bunch of different articles. <laughs> I wrote a bunch of articles. I wrote a bunch, you guys. <laughs> I'm really fast and really smart. Um, and I was seeing where it was more than just Topanga and, like, how the writers were able to bring a lot of really serious issues and present them in a very good way for children and yeah. also for, I feel like, adults to yeah. be able to it was, understand. It was easily and, digestible. Yeah. yeah. And it was my favorite TV show of the yeah. 90s. It was absolutely, like, I never missed an episode of that. It started coming on, like, the TGIF lineup at yeah. some point, whenever in the later years, like, when they were in upper high school or college or whatever. Yeah. And I never missed it. Like, I had a little TV in my bedroom, and I would go in there and turn it on and yep. watch Boy Meets World, because it just, was my favorite. I remember so vividly the episode where they got married, and Topanga was naked under the uh-huh. sheet or whatever, and being like, that is going to be me one day. Like, <laughs> I'm going to wait until I'm married to have sex, so and did, I'm going to be <laughs> naked under my little duvet, being like, the only thing under here is me. I know. And, uh, <laughs> and I thought that that was really interesting, too, because she is so, you know, I love the way that they portrayed her feminism because yeah. she was unashamedly, unashamedly? It's okay. That can be a word. Sure. Okay. Unabashedly a uh, feminine. Yeah. You know, but still very much a feminist. Yeah. And she held her own views and she had her own morals and she stuck very strongly to those. Yeah. And didn't cave in to peer pressure by anyone. She was with no. Corey forever. Forever. You know, and yeah. never and had I sex think, with him. Well, and I think there was episodes where they were talking about having sex and she was just really true to herself and being like, I'm just not ready. Yeah. And it's a common theme you see throughout the entire series. Yeah. Is her asserting herself. Yeah. You know? I mean, one of my favorite quotes from her uh, is from... I think it's... I think I just saw this today. I think it's from the second or third season. And it's where she... Her yearbook quote is... I do my thing and you do your thing. You are you and I am I. And if we end up together, it's beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? I think that's going to be part of my vows at my future wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's true. It's like she was always herself and doing her own thing and encouraged Corey to do his own mm-hmm. thing and then they had their own thing together and I feel like at least in my relationship that's something that I really encourage yeah um I don't want to do everything in the world with my boyfriend yeah and I don't necessarily need him to do everything with me and she loved him yeah but she didn't need him yes and she was a very strong example of that like well, there was they broke up yeah there was a period of time when Co- when Corey decided that he wanted to date this other girl like he yeah. just wanted to like test the waters with someone else which is under understandable because mm-hmm. like we said Corey and Topanga were together forever mm-hmm. they you know in the very beginning they dated other people kind of in like yeah. middle school but they didn't it, it didn't it wasn't real you know yeah and so when that happened rather than being strung along Topanga said um okay we're gonna break up then like we're gonna break up and you go ahead and test out your feelings on this other person yep you know, she wasn't going well, to allow then, herself to be strung along by yeah. him. Yeah. Well, and then when he was like, I made a mistake, I need you back, she's like, well, no. Now, yeah. you know, now I need my space. Yeah. And I think that's really great because it showed a really strong example of what women could be like in a relationship that I don't cannot think of any other show off the top of my head that showed a really healthy, strong yeah. woman in a relationship that didn't just wait 
by the phone for yeah. a guy. Especially at that time, yes. I feel like, you know. Although, I, I did find something kind of interesting. So, I, you know how I feel about statistics. I love statistics. <laughs> um, but I found it kind of interesting that the... Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media has found that for nearly 60 years, gender inequality on screen has remained largely unchanged and unchecked. But without an educational voice and force for change, the level of imbalance is likely to stay the same or worsen. And I found that Boy Meets World definitely stuck to that as far as there weren't a lot of women on screen. Yeah. But there, every woman on screen was like, strong, powerful, had her own voice, and even in, like, today's society, when we have, like, so many more, like, quote-unquote strong female leads, I still feel like there are few who are... At that same level? As Topanga, you know? Like, as far as just, like, asserting herself and and being comfortable with herself. What was the other girl's name in the later years? Angela was amazing. Her relationship with Sean was a breakthrough as an interracial couple. Yeah. And And they didn't address it that much, either. It was Mm -hmm. just... It just was. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really important, Mm -hmm. is instead of making it such a big deal, just kind of showing how normal it is and how that's just how life is. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the redheaded girl's name. She, yeah, she was great though. I really liked her. Really too. tall she girl. Was, she was really badass. They all were. I mean, and again, the mom, like, and their marriage. Because I'm rewatching was kind of so from the beginning. Healthy. Their yeah. marriage was super healthy. Yeah. You had these awesome portrayals of like really good, healthy relationships and friendships. Yeah, like Sean and Corey's friendship. You yeah, know? and then when it got unhealthy, it was addressed and talked about. Yeah, and I think it's really great too because they wrote the even the men like really listened to the women on uh-huh. that show. Yes. Like, um, I just watched the episode where Corey wants to know how how to get a girl to say hi. And I think I that's just watched cutest, that one yesterday. I watched it this morning. I just want to get a girl to say hi. And I just think that's the cutest way of saying it. And Eric is like, what just happened? My cats are fighting. <laughs> and um, Eric is like, just look at her. Do you have eyes? Just look at her. Yeah. And... He and Corey, like, does this thing and gets a girl to, like, go out with him or whatever, but he doesn't even know her name, and then it kind of comes out to the parents that he got this advice from Eric or whatever, and kind of, like, listen, really listens to his parents and is like, yeah, I need to, like, before I start dating someone, I have to treat her like a human being and get to know her. Right. And, you know, he talks to the girl and is like, this, does this seem weird to you? She's like, yeah, it seems weird to me. Well, do you want to just get to know each other? Yeah, yeah. sure. Like, what an amazing thing for an 11-year-old boy to be like, you know, I'm actually going to listen to my parents on this one about girls. And, and he had just such a strong, smart. a strong moral compass, you yeah. know. And I feel like that's something that you kind of see with Topanga and Corey. Because I just watched this morning. I watched the episode where they go to a makeout party, mm-hmm. and it's the seven minutes in heaven, and they end up in the closet together. And Corey doesn't know what to do. He's uncomfortable, and he feels like there's all these, you know, messages of masculinity telling him that he needs to make out with her, or that that's something that he should be doing. And she was like, you know what? We don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Like you don't yeah. have to be uncomfortable. And then later on, she's talking to him and she's like, listen, you weren't the only one who was nervous in that closet. Like, none of us know what we're doing and that's okay. Yeah. You know, she was always just so supportive of him and challenged all of these. I feel like this show really did challenge a lot of these, like, gender dynamics. Yeah. And, you know, toxic masculinity that we see. (laughs) That's destructive gender bias thinking and we have to get beyond that. And we have to get beyond that. That's my (laughs) ultimate favorite. I love it. I want that on a t-shirt. That's my favorite Topanga Lawrence quote of all time. Well, and I read this Bustle article. Me too. I have it too. Yeah, and I love, you know, that she was always herself Mm -hmm. and 
thinking back, I think that she probably had a much bigger impact on me than I think I ever really realized because uh, she says, every time you are not yourself, the earth weeps. Yeah. And I've always kind of said, like, about myself, whenever I've tried to, like, change something about myself, it just doesn't work. Like, I've tried to not be myself, and I just can't do it. I, I my... Well, it's unsustainable, and I think that that's, yeah. that's what it is for everyone. Exactly. Like, you know, at some point, something's gonna give. Like, if yeah. you're not being true to who you are, at some point... You've got to change something. Something's got to give somewhere. You're going to, like, lose friendships or relationships or something within yourself if you don't just be yourself. yourself. I have told a lot of people, because I get made fun of a lot still for the amount that I talk, Mm -hmm. and I tell people, I'm like, look, I've spent so many nights, like, sitting in bed and being like, tomorrow's going to be different. I'm going to talk less, listen more. I'm going to, like, shut up. And I give myself this pep talk, and then I wake up the next morning, and it's exactly the same as it was the day before. Well, and here's the thing. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not possible. You can't be... Not everyone is going to like you, But it's frustrating when, like, even the people that I love, like that's kind of like a punchline a lot Mm -hmm. and I've had to learn to just laugh at myself about it because it's true like you get me going I'll talk you under the table same you know I'm, I'm a big talker too like sometimes I've noticed in my relationship with Anthony I'm like he sits and listens a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like a lot of our relationship is me talking and him listening. But I think that's why our relationships work because I think our boyfriends are really similar and that Chris very much is one of those people that just kind of takes everything in yeah. and has a really great kind of like understanding of people just by always being an observer. And then when he does say something, it's very well like thought out and you really listen to him yeah. because he doesn't speak very yeah. often. <laughs> I mean, around our friends when he's like super comfortable with them, like, you know, he of talks course. a lot. But, I mean, and um, Anthony's definitely like loud and, and, you know, fun and all of that stuff. But in yeah. our relationship, I feel like, I don't feel like I could be in a relationship with someone who talked as much as me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's where like we even each other There's out. There's balance. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so back to this Bustle article. Let's do it. Let's, should we just go one Yeah, this Bustle article was written by Julie Sprankles, which when I read that, I thought it was Julie Sparkles, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. But I like that it's like Julie Sprankles, like Sprank- I want some sprinkles oh, that's on good. my ice cream. That's actually really good. Thank you. Um, yeah, let's go through. We're going to read. I mean, um, I kind of like paraphrased it. In my own little way. So Actually, I said, like, number one, always be yourself, is what I put. I don't care what she put. But, yeah. Um, I just love, you know, she drew lipstick on her face. She meditated mid-class. She was always herself. She was aware, but yet kind of unaware of her weirdness. She, well, aware yeah. of her weirdness. I think but, she was aware, but I think she was unapologetic about her weirdness. Yeah, you she know? wasn't, like, it wasn't something that she felt shameful about, or even understood, I think, at least in the beginning, why people maybe treated her differently, mm-hmm. or said things about her. It was just the way she was, and she was like, well, what you gonna do? Which, I don't know if you ever meet Topanga's parents, but what a testament to the way that they raised her. Like, they mention that her parents are hippies and yeah, things like that. Yeah, don't, I think I think do you might meet, meet them later in the, you like, do. later seasons. and I think they, like, recast her mom a couple times because, yes, because I think uh, Marsha Cross plays her mom at one oh, point, Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is and, not what I was expecting. No, but uh, it was somebody else first, and then way later in the series, I believe, it's Marsha Cross. Hmm. So... But yeah, that episode is kind of like your introduction to Topanga as being unabashedly herself. Yeah. 
So they have to, she has to do a project with Corey, right? And yeah. like she comes over and she wanted to do like a performance. She had, she had a poem and he was like, oh good, a poem. She's like, read this out loud. And she turns this like new age music on and does mm-hmm. this like interpretive dance and takes lipstick and draws like a heart with like an, like, like an X over her face. And then you get Corey's line, <laughs> that line where he's like, you're going to be one of those, those girls who doesn't, doesn't shave her legs, legs aren't you? <laughs> She's like... I haven't decided yet. Yeah, and that's amazing, too. Like, (laughs) she's so fantastic. Um, The second point on here is that she was body positive. Yep. Which she totally was body positive. Oh, I wanted Topanga's curves when I was little so bad. She she did this thing where she would wear, like, a straight-across tank top and then wear a sweater and button just yeah, the top button. True. Yeah, that's And then you could kind of, like, see she her big boobs. boobs a little bit. And I remember wearing tank tops and sweaters like that. I had this one outfit in particular that I so always... your Topanga outfit? My Topanga outfit. And I would, you know, button just kind of like the top one and let it out and pretend that I had a chest at <laughs> eight years old. And I really, like, loved her curves. And I remember the episode where she and Eric go on a diet and everyone thinks she's pregnant, so she kind of, like, goes along with it. Do you remember that episode? I don't remember that episode. I didn't until I started re-watching this. But I, I do kind of remember watching that when I was younger and not really ever even thinking that she was fat to me she was always this like gorgeous bombshell i wish i looked like her kind of yeah thing. but she doesn't have the traditional like she, tv body type no and she talks you know to angela who's got you know she's very skinny and yeah. she's like oh my god i'm insecure about my feet and then she you know the really tall girl she's like i'm insecure about my height it's five yeah. two on my license and she's like i'm not pregnant i'm just fat and she's not fat. She's yeah. not, but she says that, and then and because apparently Eric said she was fat, and he's like, "I just said this, so you would give me some of your pizza." Oh, but we were Keegan and I were actually just talking about this before we recorded how there's like that word fat has become so synonymous with the bad. word bad. It's because it's so often used as an insult, like slung around as an insult. But we all have fat. And, you know, I do see it in the body positive community reclaiming that, like trying to reclaim the word fat because it's not a bad thing. And it's not something that, I mean, if that's how you want to describe yourself in an empowering way, I think that's fine. But for me, something that I've had to understand is that it's something you have. It's not something you are. Yeah. And I think that's something that she, you know, was usually very self-confident, body positive. Like, why are you guys complaining about your bodies? There's a whole pizza right there. Yeah. She was just very confident about herself. But I think it's very real that they show that she still has some doubts and was still struggling internally a little bit with who she was. Everyone goes through that. You can be extremely self-confident and still have issues with yourself every now and again. No one loves themselves all the time. No, We strive to do that. And it also, I'm glad that they pointed that out because it also shows the way that society can take a perfectly self-confident happy person who's very comfortable in their body and, and make them, them insecure, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. And, but I love that she was able to kind of take in the acceptance from others. Cause I think that's another thing that, you know, with people that I've had in my life where we're discussing our bodies and it's like, you try to be positive and they're just like, nope, I'm not going to be positive about it. it it's going to be a negative thing. And mm-hmm. that's, it's definitely the way that we set our minds to, mm-hmm. like, if you decide that something is going to be a negative and you're going to beat yourself up about it, it's never going to change and, the way you see usually going to get worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll only so, worsen. The fact, I liked that she was able to really take in and understand everything that the people around her said and, like, actually accept it and 
move forward and I think that's really great Instead and I think you see with her in the beginning like in the early portions of the series you see her kind of chastising Sean and Corey for judging people based on what they look like yeah she's got you know? a, she's got a quote for that as well let me find it Oh, yeah. Uh, Reminding Corey and Sean that judging people based solely on appearance was shallow and ignorant. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think that's really, really, really wonderful. And the point point number three is... You can be a damsel without being distressed. Which and that's I love. so cute because I, I just watched that episode. I'm telling you, I was binging. Um, I just watched the werewolf episode yes. where Corey thinks he's a werewolf. Yes. And she shows up. It's Halloween. So she's a um, like a princess yeah. or whatever. And she shows up in his room and she's like, I'm a damsel, but not the distressed kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can take care of myself. Basically. Well, one of the other people that I was thinking of doing for this episode, but just I don't think had enough information. I was going to do Megara from Hercules, which maybe I will still do in the future. She's one of my favorite Disney characters of all time and is so underrated and she's like I feel like that whole movie is underrated. I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. I can handle it. Yeah. Like she's so like unabashed unabashedly. So yeah. We're having issues today. Herself. That's a word. Thank you. But I felt like it was coming out wrong. I get insecure about vocabulary sometimes. No, I know. I feel like I have mush mouth this morning. It's been a weird morning for me. But I just love that she's very similar where she can say, yeah, I'm a damsel. And, you know, well, she's not saying, she's saying she's not the distressed kind. But she is at times in the series. She's distressed or having problems, but she doesn't necessarily need saving from another person. No, she doesn't run to anyone. She saves herself. You know, like on more than one occasion, she she saves herself. But she's also not afraid to ask for assistance. Exactly. Or be afraid to be open about her emotions and feelings with her significant other or with her friends. One of my favorite things about Topanga. I actually wrote that in my notes. She had this really effortlessly cool vibe. Yeah. She was just, she was super, super cool while also being very straightforward and honest about yeah. her feelings. She didn't have to be, try to be cool all the time. She could be like, I'm, you know, having a really hard time with this, or I'm upset because of XYZ, or I'm nervous or scared. She would get scared, angry or and I'm she mad. would be irrational, and mm-hmm. that was just part of who she was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that because I think so often we see people... Topanga has a lot of hallmarks of people who we think of as uncool. Like, she tried hard. Yeah. You know, like, and you could see that she was... And we have this idea that people who try hard are not cool. Yeah. You know, like, they don't want to see you trying. Like, with but her grades and things yeah, like that. She, yeah, she wasn't afraid to be smart. And cared about people a lot. Yeah, yeah. And all of these things can sometimes be deemed, like like, uncool, but on yeah. her, because it was so authentically herself, yeah. it was the most cool. Exactly. And that's really a testament to Danielle Fischel's yeah. portrayal of oh, her. yeah. You know, like... She was unreal. She like, did such so a good job. Oh good, man. Yeah. And uh, here I wrote from the article, she is a reminder that you can be a feminine feminist, and with or without a partner, you are still a feminist and a strong woman. And I think that's something that I remind my friends a lot that, you know, you don't have to be a certain type of person to be a feminist. You don't have to be masculine. You don't have to be uber feminine. You don't have to be single. There's a bunch of different ways for you to be a feminist with however it fits into your life. Yeah. And I think she was a good representation of that. Yeah. I mean, and again, like, I think that that also goes into her 
deciding not to have sex until she got married because yeah. I think we so often think of like sexual freedom and all of that stuff as being very pro-feminist which it is but it's still part of it because it's all about making your own choices it's all about making your own choices and yeah. that was a choice that she made for herself and she never compromised on something that was important to her yeah, and, she and never... I don't think she didn't have sex because she felt like oh society is gonna judge me no she didn't have sex because she just honestly felt like that wasn't her time and she wasn't ready yeah and I think for her when she was married she knew that it was the right time right and it's a theme that you see consistently throughout the entire show yeah. of like not of waiting until you're ready to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, like, her and Corey didn't start dating until they were both, like, really ready to be together. And, you know, it's just... And they were always there for each other. Like, I like... I was watching the episode where he is trying to ask someone to go to a dance, so he pretends he's in a band. Oh, yeah. And, um... Adam Scott's in that episode. Yeah. like, young Adam Scott. Adam Scott's in a few episodes. Is he? Yeah. And, um, she... Is like, you know, I think it's like Jeremy asked me out to the dance and like, I just wanted to check in with you first to make sure. Like, they were just always so there yeah, for each they other. Yeah, they were always there for each other and they're, you know, I, I think you see a little bit more jealousy and stuff in the later seasons when they get yeah, older. Yeah, when they're older but, and I feel like they have more at stake in their relationship, there's yeah. some jealousy, but, but you when have to show that because no couple is perfect. Right, well, of course, but when they're younger, it's just so, like... I wouldn't... In seventh grade, there's mm-hmm. no way that I would have been so cool with being like, hey, I mean, I, I want to go to the dance with you. I like you. Um, but Jeremy asked me, so I just wanted to check in with you. Is that cool? And he's like, no, I'm going to go with somebody else. And she's just like, okay. You know? And it yeah. was fine. Oh, no. In seventh grade, I was still hopelessly uh, in love with people who I had never spoken with. Same. Yeah. And... and then you would get irrationally, like, upset when they were dating someone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like... I mean, I was like all into a friend of mine's brother who I'd probably only said a few words to mm-hmm. but I was like he's gonna ask me out he's gonna ask me out and I was like telling his sister like oh tell him to like call me tonight and all this stuff and then he was basically like I don't know you we're not gonna go out and I just remember being fucking devastated crushed. yeah and I was in like eighth grade yeah I had never I mean I didn't have a boyfriend until I was like 15 almost 16 I had, yeah. didn't have my first kiss until then like I, I was not one of those kids that started dating young. No. Rewatching Boy Meets World, I'm just like, ah, this, I didn't have my first kiss until I was 16. Yeah. Chris, uh, got into a relationship when he was in seventh grade, I think. And it they, happened in my, in my middle school. They dated for like four years. That's too intense, man. I feel like that's so intense. But it was like, but the way he describes it is like, I think the girl kind of made it intense at times, but the way he described it was like, you know, they still kind of like did their own thing and they just like worked. That's good together for a while it's funny i have his like eighth grade graduation shirt and his handwriting is so bad that he had his girlfriend write her name was shirley had his girlfriend write his name on it and so i wear it and i call it my shirley shirt and he gets so mad at me when i call it that because i don't care i'm not intimidated by a 13 year old girl why would you be exactly but i it's fun for me to kind of like it makes him uncomfortable that's funny it makes him mad so i'm like i'm just gonna wear my shirley shirt tonight that's funny calling it though. <laughs> um, okay. Another thing that I like, this I don't think this is on the list. Yeah. But another thing that I like that I've noticed about Topanga whenever I'm watching the episodes back is she's not afraid of confrontation yeah. either. Like, I was so afraid of, of 
confronting people. Yeah. But she isn't. Like, I watched the episode where they fell asleep in... They were, they were working on that documentary, right? Like, oh, about yeah, love and sex. yeah, yeah. And they both fall asleep at school together yeah. and, like, sleep next to each other. And then they wake up and Corey lets the whole school believe that they had sex. Yeah. And... Which is so weird because they're in seventh grade. Yeah. But, he lets the whole but school believe how, that. But that's how, like, young kids' minds work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I get why everyone would assume that. I probably would have, too, when I was in seventh Yeah, grade. yeah. And he lets everybody believe that they had sex. And Topanga comes over to his house and has, like, a very frank, like, person-to-person conversation with him about it. She confronts him about it and about, yeah. like, the way that it's made her feel. Yeah. You know? And I think something with Topanga that we see in the very first episode that she's in is she, she calls her parents by their names. And I think that that kind of shows that she was kind of always treated like a grown-up. Yeah. She was always treated like an adult, and her parents probably spoke to her that way, too. And so for her, that just probably came natural, that, you know, you always speak to each other in a mature manner. And you talk about your feelings. And you talk about your feelings. And I think that's kind of a great example of good parenting, too. Absolutely. Of just being completely honest with your child, even if you feel like it's going to go over their heads or not be important. Like, kids are smart, and kids get it even when you think they don't get it. They can get a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, and so if you just speak with them like they're human beings that's going to help you get results and it's also going to help them later and like be able to deal with things and not need to talk around the issue yeah. but directly discuss it. I guess it does kind of go into her number 4 point which is don't be afraid to call people on their BS. Like yep. she was not afraid if if Corey or Sean or anybody was doing something that was upsetting to her. She wasn't afraid to just, you know, tell them. And that's something I'm still working on. Yeah, like, me too. I the, hate confrontation. Yeah, on the I internet, do it a lot more. On the internet, I'm very confrontational. I will stand up for myself. I'm getting better about it in life, but it is hard when it's people that you care about and you see things that make you upset to know how to respond in a way that's not going to offend somebody, but also that's true to the way that you feel. Yeah, I mean, and kudos to the writers of Boy Meets World because they did always handle the topic of her confronting people with a great amount of sensitivity. Yeah, she didn't... It wasn't like the angry woman trope where she's complaining or being overdramatic. No, she was very good about explaining her feelings and she didn't fly off the handle with Corey. Like, in that scene where she's talking to him, basically what she was saying is... I'm disappointed in you, and I thought that we had a really special friendship, and now, like, you've called everything into question. It wasn't like she was throwing a fit or doing this irrational, crazy woman thing that we see so often in TV shows, you know? And they did a really good job of that on the show. I like the episode where she refuses to participate in Sadie Hawkins. Yeah. Because she feels like it perpetuates the stereotype that women can't ask men out. Yeah. I mean, and that's a theme with her that you see her like defying she does the first these kiss and she does the proposal and she proposes yeah, yeah so like she defies these gender roles from beginning to end yep. really like throughout their relationship she doesn't exactly. sit around and wait for things to happen to her yeah but I, I mean i love that because that for me was something that i didn't even think about like the sadie hawkins dance yeah to me it was just like a part of normal traditional you know school life that that was a yeah. thing that happens but it did feel different to me because i felt some of the pressure that i think men felt although when i asked people to sadie hawkins it was usually people that i knew were gonna say mm-hmm. yes yeah um, but i think it's important to challenge that notion altogether, you know, like just like just the notion that because it felt like that was the only time that I could do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And 
and I think we need to take that pressure off of men uh-huh. all of the time. Because I definitely thought that. I was just like, I'm not ever going to ask a guy out. Yeah. You know, which also, I think, can sometimes keep you from getting what you want. Like, how yeah. many times did I have a crush on a guy and I wouldn't speak up or talk about it because it wasn't my place? It wasn't what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to wait for him to ask me out, and if he liked yeah. me, he would ask me out. But what would have happened if I had just, like, stood in my own power yeah. and asked him out? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, it could have been totally, it could have been totally different. I think that I (laughs) definitely tried to be that girl that was upfront with her feelings, or at least lay down very uh, obvious hints and say pretty obvious things, Mm -hmm. and uh, it definitely didn't always go my way. Of course, but But, it's not always going to go your way, and I also think that those are important things to teach girls, too. Yeah. That, like, it's, you're not always going to get what you want, and it's going to feel crappy sometimes, you know, but that's also just part of life, Mm -hmm. and you're going to see that reflected in other areas of your life, you know, not just romance, but your career, you know, there are other aspects of your life friendships where you might experience the same kind of disappointment. Yeah. So I think we should encourage girls to take that power from the beginning. So I think it's really interesting that our conversation, just sitting here talking through, is matching up pretty much perfectly with this Bustle article. Because we're geniuses. Yeah, apparently. We don't even have to try. Point number five, gender is not prohibitive. And what she says in here is, because real talk, this chick believed that gender norms were made to be broken. From the time she pinned Corey up against a locker in sixth grade to plant the couple's first kiss on him, to the moment she proposed marriage, Topanga proved that gender isn't prohibitive. That women can just as easily go after what they want and rock in the roles society historically upholds for men. Yep. Remember when she dressed in a toga and presented her class project uh-huh. to Mr. Feeney? And uh, got rid of nuclear weapons and abolished all men and kept them underground except for breeding? <laughs> Which is a little misandrous. <laughs> a little Topanga. bit. A little, little bit. Kind of writing that line of misandry there. Well, but at that time, it's one of those things where you almost kind of have to go too far in order to make a point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what she did. And is, they did. Yeah. yeah. And you just be like, well, that's the only way that you're going to listen to me is if I maybe go a little too far. And, you know, her goal in that, whenever she was wearing that toga, her whole goal was to be president, (laughs) you know? Yep, exactly. Which leads us into number six, where she challenged beauty standards. Yes. Uh, Because she says, we all wear togas now. It removes the hostile competition fashion often creates. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Isn't that funny? It's hilarious. Which is true. Yeah. And again, I think that... I wonder how many women were in the writer's room for this show. That's a good question. You know, I'd like to know that, because I feel like this was... the, The Topanga exposed me to these ideas for the first time. Mm -hmm. I never... These weren't things that I ever really thought about, but they were presented in such a way that my young mind could be like, oh, I've never even thought about that before, but you're right. Exactly. And it's especially... You feel that especially so much more whenever you're in middle school or high school, where clothing really does kind of put you in one hole, one bucket or the other. And I mean, on the flip side of that coin, I went to a school where I had a uniform until I was in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. and I felt... very confined by what I had to wear. So on the flip side of Topanga's comment, if you were saying you all have to wear togas, Mm -hmm. that could, you know, be diminishing their right to self-expression and things like that as well. Because fashion is, for me, a a huge form of self-expression. Exactly. So I think I understand what she's saying and her intention behind it, and I really applaud that intention. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I like 
buying clothes and I me like too. wearing certain things because I feel like it says something about me. And it's totally human nature because even if we were naked all the time, we would find other ways to set ourselves apart. Oh, yeah. Ta- when, tattoos. I, when I wore my uniform, you know, it's the way you wore your uniform. It's the socks you wore. It was yeah. the way if you wore makeup, if you wore a shirt under, if you wore, you know, like the what shoes you had on, the way you did your hair, like other things became more important because you couldn't necessarily completely wear something different to school. Right, yeah. There's no way to really take... I understand, like, where she was going with it. Yeah, and, and I as, saw that. As a sixth grader, lots of applause, you yeah, know, for exactly. her. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, th- there's no real way to diminish that um, competitiveness. Yeah. yeah. It's going to happen regardless. And it's crazy because, like, I remember my freshman year of high school, I very much tried to wear the right thing and whatever. I didn't really have a lot of friends my freshman year. That's kind of, like, when I met most of my Mm -hmm. friends. But, like, they were already kind of, like, a tight little clique, and I was kind of working my way in. And it was sophomore year that I started kind of, like, really finding my people and, like, being a part of that group. And all of us, for the most part, at least, like, three out of the five of us girls pretty much wore sweatpants and T-shirts every day to school. (laughs) We were like, fuck this noise. We want to be comfy. And I wore, like, big old sweatpants and just plain, like, We were opposites We were absolutely opposites because I dressed loudly on purpose. Like, I wore... I Gosh, I have to try and find pictures of me in, yeah. in high school. My freshman year of high school especially, I wore a lot of, like, ripped-up tights, mm-hmm. like, for fishnet stockings and, like, tall lace-up boots. You and, were like, way more bold than me. I wore, like... I think I had... I did have a pair of black and neon pink striped tights. I can picture it. And I had a blue mesh fishnet. It was, like, a fishnet shirt. We I wore stuff like that to skating. Yeah. I had a black fishnet shirt that I would wear. It had the thumbs cut with, out. <laughs> yeah. And then it had um I would wear a lot of like neon. Yeah. I was really that into. one was neon blue and I would wear it underneath shirts. I shopped almost exclusively at Hot Topic. Well see we were talking about this a couple episodes ago or last episode, so I found this picture of me in my buckle jeans and Abercrombie oh. t-shirt and just look at the makeup on my face. Just so basic. Just, just like so basic. hardcore <laughs> eyeshadow. I definitely wore a lot of eyeliner. Yeah, I wore a lot of... Well, see, that was the thing for me. I wore sweatpants and t-shirts, but my hair and my makeup was very important to me. I, I took a shower and washed my hair every morning and... Uh, straightened it. Every it took like forty five minutes to straighten. My hair is straight, so much work. But I needed it to be like pin straight. That was also really fashionable at that time. It that, was like, pin pin straight. Avril Lavigne like straight yes. hair. So I may have dressed a bit basic, but I was definitely super super into Avril Lavigne. Super moody. Um, very like non-traditional in a lot of other ways but the things that I wore I think because especially when I was like in middle school like I just really wanted to fit in but it also it was stuff that I really liked and yeah um, I think that's really interesting because I think everyone wants to fit in but I also wanted to stand out yes. and I wanted I didn't want people to know again it's like that cool thing that you like that we were talking about we were trying so hard. With, yeah that we were talking about with Topanga whereas just like I didn't want people to know that I was trying I wanted to yeah. seem like effortless and cool and yeah. like I didn't care if they liked me Okay, point back to Toppy. <laughs> point 7 which we did kind of touch on earlier intelligence is sexy It is um, Topanga never really made any apologies for being smart. She I have really 699 A's. <laughs> I need, a, I I just need, need one, one more, more. Mr. Feeney. Give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> yeah. And she totally embraced 
she embraced being really smart and kind of nerdy in mm-hmm. that way. And she made no apologies for that. She made no, and she shouldn't have. Yep. And they do make a point that she chose Corey over Yale, if that's how you want to look at it. And a lot of people would see that as very unfeminist. But for her, that was the smart decision for her to for make. For her life. And it wasn't necessarily that she was choosing Corey over her education. I think she was choosing, she was choosing her own future that yeah, she Yeah, she was wanted. choosing her life. You know, like, we all have decisions to make and paths that we can go down. Yep. And I think that we have brought this, you know, we've talked about this a lot on this show, of feminism is about making your own decisions, choosing yep. your own path, and being who you want to be. Yeah. And molding your own life. Yeah. And I think that's what she was doing. She was saying, this is the kind of life that I want. And that might be, not be right for every person or every feminist. Yeah. But it was right for her. Yeah. It was the right decision for her. I think that was a, a great thing to explore. And also to explore, I liked seeing them getting married young and have it, like, not be so great it wasn't in the beginning. Stig- and it wasn't stigmatized, though. Like, yeah. you know, where I feel like it so often is very stigmatized and oftentimes, you know, it, it could be not the best option for you, but I they mean, were very that, secure in knowing that it was the right option for them. Yeah, you and know? I feel like in that time was when it started to kind of become normal again to get married really young. A lot of people that I went to high school got married really young. I feel like it's starting to become more normal now to get married older. Well, I think that we are at different places, too. because Different places in our lives, because we're both from places that have a very Midwest mindset. Yes. And I feel like that's kind of a consistent pattern throughout time, that people yeah. in the middle of the country get married a lot younger. A lot of the people I went to high school with got married right out of high school. Yeah, and have and babies. That's not something that you see on the coasts, really. So, yeah. in even, I don't even think, I don't think young people here in LA really get married who who are born and raised in LA. Even yeah. I don't think they really get married super young. Sometimes typically. though, like uh, some of Chris's friends have gotten married young. Military, I feel like, is a big one where yeah. people were right out of high school go into military, and there's just better benefits if you're married. There is, and it's just easier to maintain a relationship that way. Yeah, because you know? they kind of acknowledge your relationship more when you're married. And you're usually traveling around, you're doing all kinds of other stuff. It's it's easier to have, it, you know, if you guys wanted to get married anyway, yeah. it's easier just to be married because then you can just be together. You can yeah. travel together. Well, and then another thing that I see a lot, at least in L.A., is getting married sooner because you want that person to stay in the country. There's a lot of oh, relationships. Yeah. I mean, my friend Ronaldo and his wife, Lucia, are married and they knew that they were going to get married anyways and they just kind of sped up the process a little bit because they knew that that was going to be yeah. Yeah, but I've definitely also met people who got married for the green card out here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know? So have I. No, that theirs, to me, I can, tr- like, truly say was, like, they were going to end up together, and Lucia was graduating, and so they were, like, in two weeks, like, put a wedding together, and they were, like, let's just do this. Let's yeah. do it now. And for them, that made total sense, and that was their choice, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, my age, and that was... And it works for them, and it worked, and it was great. Yeah, and it worked for Topanga. Yep. <laughs> it worked for Topanga and, and Corey. Although, like, when I wasn't living with Chris, we got a lot of shit for not living together. I had friends give me a lot of shit for not wanting to get married right away. And like, What? Yeah. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> the people that I would hang out with, like, there was... 
a girl in particular and like some of her friends that like when I was around them like they got married really young and they would be really well, judgmental. Good for you, dude. Right, but like, they, it's not for everyone. Right, but a lot of people can't see that and they like to and especially I feel like there's things with people who are married who like to think that they know more about relationships where I want to be like we've been together just as long as you guys have. Well, just they don't they, mean... they don't deserve to have friends who are not like them then. Yeah. Because you can't judge you just can't judge people like but that. But it would totally fuck with me and Chris would have to be like we don't have to live together. And, like, I would get really upset with him and be like, why don't you want to live with me? And he, he would be like, like, we're not ready. We're not there yet. We don't have to be there yet. Like, why are you letting these other people put these things in your mind of making you think that you need to do something that you don't have to do? Yeah. And I was like, they yeah, didn't watch right. enough Boy Meets World. They didn't. You know? Because that's people. the whole thing about it. It's yep. just like you you make decisions that are right for you. Exactly. You know? And whatever anybody else thinks about it. I mean, that is the thing about being outspoken now. As I've gotten older, I am way more outspoken. And there's no way that I would take that from anyone at this point. You know yep. what I mean? Because people have said things to me and Anthony. They're like, some guy asked. He was an older man. And he asked how long we'd been together. And I said five years. And he said, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's what he said. It's time. And I'm like, I think I'll figure it out for myself when yeah, it's time. Thanks. Thank you very much. I know my relationship, you know, like yeah. a little bit better than you do. I think we've got it figured exactly. out. Exactly. Um, I like this quote between Corey and Topanga where Corey says, you're my girlfriend and I love you. I mean, we should be at ninth base by now. And she says, why? So you can keep up with your buddy? Yeah. yeah. They always moved, ex- or she especially, always moved exactly at her own pace. Yep. You know, Agreed. number eight is being with another person doesn't negate your identity. Yep. And that's something that we already discussed a little bit in the beginning that just because she was with somebody didn't mean that she had to change who she was or have her or have all of her interests be revolving around what her man was interested yeah. in. Um, so this like this says. While Corey and Topanga spent much of their formative years together and made the decision to be coupled forever, Topanga refused to lose her own identity in the relationship. Rather, she insisted that they each have their own lives and hobbies. Yep. And I think that that is so important because so often whenever I was in high school or middle school, we would see people kind of lose themselves. Yeah. And it it went both ways. We saw boys, like, lose themselves in their girlfriends and girls lose themselves in their boyfriends. Yeah, I still see that. Yeah, it happens still. And... And I think I probably got some of these messages from Topanga, having obsessively watched this show growing up, Yeah, is that I don't do that anymore. I do my own thing. Yeah. And you shouldn't... You should do your own thing, and you should find somebody who wants to be with you for who you are. Yeah. And don't try and change yourself to be with them. I was always pretty open to having my significant other have their own interests and lives. I remember breaking up with my very first boyfriend because I was supposed to be... Like, my Mother's Day gift was that I had, like, a phone upgrade. I was in high school. I didn't have money to, like, Mm -hmm. really buy or something. So I was going to give my mom the phone upgrade to get her a new cell phone. Uh And we had planned to go to the mall together, and my boyfriend, like, freaked out because apparently we were supposed to hang out that day and uh-uh, I was bye. like yeah and that's what I did yeah. I just cried the rest of the day and I was like I can't date this man and like he told me he loved me after like a week it was super possessive and I was like ah and I was like no I should be able it's 
for my mom's Mother's Day present. Like, let and me even do if my it, thing. Even if it wasn't. Even if yeah. it wasn't. Like, as long as you're respectful about canceling plans, look, life comes up. Yeah. Like, things happen. Oh, but he'd be like, you're always doing other things, or you're always skating, you're always... I was like, look, that's who Sorry, I that's am. Sorry, that's my life. I have yeah. a life. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a well-rounded human being yeah. who has a life. Exactly. Your and life should not be all about your significant other. No. It shouldn't be. It's unhealthy. I never really did a whole lot of the jealousy thing as far as having other interests and own lives. I, In fact, like, I would be really proud of, like, my... I think he played the trombone in high school. And I would, like, go to his, like, band concerts and, like, we would all, like, be really supportive of it. And that was really cool to me. Yeah, that he I had mean, this thing that I could, like, be proud of him yeah, for. Yeah, and I think it's, it's very normal and also important to want to include your significant other in things that interest you and, and want them to be, like, you know, if I really like a show, I want you to, like, watch it with me because yeah. I... I, I want to share this with you. Like, yeah. and I, I understand that as well. But I also think, I mean, we do this. Anthony actually said something really sweet the other day. He said, we were chatting on Gchat while I was at work, and he said something about, um, hey, I meant to tell you that I really loved coming home the other day and hearing you and Madigan in the closet. Aww. He was just like, I think it's so awesome that you have this thing that you really enjoy doing Anthony. and that you that you like so much. Anthony, you, know? you like me! <laughs> so I, I, I think that that's cool. I think it's yeah. cool that he's cool with the fact that I have interests that take up a lot of my time, quite frankly, yeah. outside of being with him all the time. Yeah, I you agree. Know? I, I think it's, it's sweet that whenever I go to record, Chris is like, remind me to listen to your episodes of So Far Behind. And I'm like, <laughs> you do what you can. Like, it's cool. Don't I, worry I about it. I feel the support even if you don't listen. Yeah, exactly. But know? he'll be like, why didn't you, like, remind me that an episode came out yesterday? I was like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Get the notifications. Right? Are you Check subscribed? Instagram. If you're subscribed, you would know. You should get a notice. You would know. <laughs> um, I don't even know where he listens. I'll have to chat with him. He's got to use Radio Public. Yeah. Help us get damn money. Yeah. Hey, we made our first dollar. We should tell. I know. That. We made a dollar on Radio Public. Well, was it like a dollar and four cents? Yeah, something like that. That dollar, counts. Dollar oh nine or something like that. It was yeah. something really specific, and it was probably from your best friend and my mom. Yeah. <laughs> but I keep telling people, I'm like, it's a free app. You don't pay anything to listen to us, but in it in turn pays us, which is great. Yeah. And, uh, I was very excited about that that dollar. I know. We need to, to frame it and put it up I in know. the closet. We should. We should hang up that email or something. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, okay, so something else that I really, really loved on Boy Meets World was the episode where Sean and Corey dressed up like women because they were told that they would never understand what it's like for women dating. Uh-huh. And Corey was not a very cute girl. No, he didn't he have much luck, but Sean was a babe. Cutie. Was a yeah. total Oh, I had the biggest crush on Sean. The biggest crush. Oh, yeah. Even as a girl, I was like, you're making me... Still sexy. Yeah, I would still want you. And, you know, he's sitting at a booth with this guy, and he's, like, rubbing her his leg. Uh, he says, little trouble breathing, you're crowding me a bit. Or maybe you're just tense. How about I rub your shoulders? You know, Ugh. I didn't ask you to do that. Yeah, but it feels good. Ooh. And then she says, no, you're not, or he, I keep saying That's she. Okay. And he, Lady and Sean. Lady Sean says, no, you're not listening to me. And 
the guy says, whoa, you're a strong one, Lady Sean. Yeah, I play a little field hockey. The guy, yeah, I know that because the first thing I noticed was your legs. And then he goes, whoa, hey, what's the matter? Because Lady Sean is getting up. You just don't listen. You're too busy planning your next move to hear us say no. And then he goes over to Corey and he's like, he touched me. And Corey goes, where? On my knee. It's my knee. What makes him think it's his knee? <laughs> like, it's so good. And then... Um, I'm going to look up the female writers on yeah, this show. And Corey goes, maybe you sent him a signal. <gasps> yeah. Corey. And then it's when they're playing foosball and, and Lady Sean, I know how to play the game. And then the guy says, yeah, I can tell by the way you're dressed. Uh-huh. And it's like, fuck, doesn't he punch him in the face? I don't know. I don't remember. I remember that episode, but I don't remember what happens. But yeah, the way that they deal with consent on the show, it is it, it is a running theme throughout the entire Yeah. I just really liked show. that episode because, like, Topanga was kind of like, you guys will never understand. And until you do, like, you're never going to change the way that you think about and talk about women. And the fact that they actually, like, I mean, in real life, that kind of experiment would not work. No, of course not. Um, but it was nice to know that there are men out there that really loved the show and that could see that and and kind of understand, like, whoa, yeah, I wouldn't want somebody touching me and I think if it, I didn't want while them to. Well, it's obviously this show is a very over the top sitcom, yes. you know? And while it's not something that would work in real life, I think that they had to kind of portray it in these outrageous, outlandish, black and white. For people to for be people able to, to see very it. clearly understand. Definitely. Oh, you no, know? definitely. You couldn't just have it be subtle. It wouldn't get the message across. Like, Boy Meets World, I feel like, is highly underrated. Yeah. Like, I think that it was one of the best, and I'm not just saying this because it was my personal fave, but it was one of the best, most well-rounded shows that that really took on every single topic. Like yeah. it, it tackled every single topic and it really let you grow up with them and feel yeah. like like this is what it's like. Mm-hmm. We all experience these things. And when the guy is hitting on Lady Sean and suggests that Sean wants it because of what he's wearing and Sean replies, I just wanted to look nice. <laughs> and it's so true. It's like I just thought I looked good. Like, why do you have to be an asshole? Like, I've even had it where, like, I've got this bodysuit that I wear, like, on special occasions that's, like, lower cut, and I have cleavage and whatever. Yeah, and, like, side boob. I think I've seen that some one. Some side boob, some inner boob. It's great. It shows the ladies off, and I don't do that very often. And I remember I was, like, walking my dog, and, like, one of the, like, guys walking their dog made a comment about what I was wearing, and it just made me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have an episode about catcalling and street harassment and yeah. how it's not a compliment but even in even just within people that are your friends or people that like I, I if I wear something out of my normal kind of comfortable clothes it's something that's very acknowledged by the men around me even the men that I've known for years and years and have considered friends and like they have to like point it out and it's like, yeah, I have boobs. What about it? It's just obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. It's I like know you what don't you mean. have to, because it makes me feel like I can't experiment with what I wear sometimes because I don't want to yeah, get. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. No, agreed, agreed. <laughs> you know? but, but also at the same time, it's like I don't want to deal with that. No, I know. I mean, and I've definitely done that. Last night, I went out, and what I was, I was literally wearing a 
mesh shirt. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a, a crop top and I had tall, like high waisted pants on. And I was wearing a mesh shirt and I was wearing a bra mm-hmm. like underneath it. And that was it. And it was see-through. And I thought about it before I left the house. I'm like, do you really want to wear this out? And I was like, no, I do. I think yeah. I look cute and I do want to wear it. Exactly. And if somebody wants to say something to me about it, well, then they can turn around and walk the other way. Like I'm not trying to listen to that or deal with it. Exactly. You know, and it, it is, doesn't it mean I want you to hit on me. It's people in your life yeah. that say yeah. it. That makes it really difficult. Well, I think you, like, I think you got to tell them, like, look, man, this makes me, like, really uncomfortable, and I don't like it when you say stuff like yeah. that to me, you Agreed. know? It's hard to be confrontational about that stuff. What would Topanga do? What would Topanga do? That should be our next tattoo. Yeah. What, what would, would Topanga, Topanga do? do? That's a long tattoo. It is. Where are we getting this? <laughs> On what about just WWTD? WWTD. I like it. What would Topanga do? Yeah. Because, honestly, that is the question that you can ask, because... While she wasn't perfect, like she was imperfect, she was yeah. an imperfect character and her- and but heroine. But she all? always and Corey too, actually. They oh always, yeah, Corey was very questionable at times. Yeah, like, what the fuck, dude. But at the end of the day, they always did the right thing. Yeah, I feel like you know that was like the consistent theme of well, like and Corey's showing... theme is fucking up and then doing the right thing. Exactly, you, know? you can make mistakes and ratify them and make sure that. Things are okay in the end. Yeah. You do the right thing. Even when you may have made a mistake the first time, you don't yeah. have to make a mistake worse. You can just make yeah. up for it. And Topanga, more often than not, just did the right thing from the beginning. Pretty much. <laughs> she was Pretty she, much. she was like the Yoda of our time. You yeah. Know? I really liked the episode where, you know, Corey struggles with his hair a lot in mm-hmm. this series and he's struggling with his hair. Curly so hair she, probs, I get curly it. Curly hair problems, man. And he, and she's like, you know, he's like, well, look at you. You're perfect. Her hair the- is perfect. It is perfect. And so she just takes the scissors and cuts her hair off. And then she starts, like, freaking out in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And, like, it kind of shows that, like, sometimes things affect you more than you think they're going yeah, to. Yeah. Like, you sometimes- can be super self-secure and then do something and you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> sometimes you think you have the simple answer. And sometimes you think people are overreacting about something because you're not in their shoes. Exactly. And I think that that really did display that, where she cuts she cuts her hair because she's like, hair is no big deal. Like, you know, don't, it's, it's just hair. And then yeah. she cuts it and realizes, oh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't undermine the way that Corey feels about his hair. Yeah. Like, because obviously it meant more to you than you anticipated. People have yep. emotional connections to things, exactly. you know? And as someone with curly hair, man, I fucking get it, Corey. I get it. You love the first, like, one of the first episodes, then, where he, like, relaxes his hair. Yeah, and it's, like, sticking <laughs> up or whatever. Well, at first it's, like, flat down, and then he puts a hat on so it looks like a duck bill sticking up. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate, like, being gem. in elementary school. or <laughs> Is it any. supposed to burn? How long has it been burning? 45 minutes? You should have washed it out 45 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, this is something that we feel so passionately about. We love Boy Meets World. We love, love Topanga. If you guys have not watched it, I... <sighs> what are you doing? I, can't believe, I was about to say, if you guys have not watched it, I have the first four DVDs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just let me know. I'll send them to you. We can meet up for coffee. Well, we we watched it together years yeah. ago. We watched the DVDs together yeah. and did our nails and yeah. would watch episodes I'm, of Boy Meets World. I'm obsessive about Boy Meets World. Yeah. And I hadn't watched in a long time until That's I decided I, I to do this watched all of them, yeah, and that's probably the last time that I binge watched them too. So now I'm glad that I'm getting back in the swing of things, and, and I'm probably all... gonna go home and continue to watch them. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, guys, they're all on Hulu. Yeah. So if you have Hulu or someone you love has Hulu, get their password and just watch binge it. through Boy Meets World because it just gets good. better and better. Yeah. You know, and every because you know from the time they're kids to the time they're adults, they're 
it, it changes. Like, the yeah. show changes, but it's yeah. still so great. So good. And I love that, like, it kind of humanizes adults for kids as well, because, like, the episode where Mr. Feeney, like, asks the new teacher out, and then she doesn't yeah. show up, and Corey's yeah. in the treehouse and, like, sees him, like, take away a place setting and, like, eats dinner alone, and it's, like, he is able to kind of understand, like, adults can get their Our feelings human beings. too. Yeah, yeah, like, everything about the way the show was written... I feel like this is just a Boy Meets World episode at this point. It but is. everything about it, because also the teacher, Mr. Turner, so and good. Sean's parents were very flawed. Yeah. And you know, Amy and um the Corey's parents, yeah. Amy and what's his face? Alan. Alan. Yes, yeah. I they like their marriage, while it was like rock solid, they were still fleshed out full mm-hmm. human beings. And the little sister was a really outspoken, sassy little girl, yeah. you know, who always said exactly her, what she, she meant. She has her soccer uniform off. She's like, it's the uniform. I think when she takes it off, maybe somewhere there's a, you know, sensitive <laughs> side or whatever. I love when the sister's gone for like years and she's like, I've been in my room the whole time. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this kind of like chatty episode, like walkthrough of, of somebody that we love I and love admire. that we had the same person. I know. Because this conversation was I, so much fun. I knew it. Like, as soon as we started chatting yep. about it, I was like, I bet. You were like, non-animated 90s. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we chose the same person. <laughs> so, going forward, we may choose to do more episodes together like this. If there's somebody who I feel like, you know, or if there's a character that I feel like is worthy of an entire episode. Yep. Or we may do some going forward where we each kind of pick one and, and chat about it for yep. a little while. But I do think that this is going to be a regular sort of segment. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. I like it a lot. And if you like it, um, let us know. We are on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We are on Twitter at YAMF, Y-A-N-F podcast. We are on Facebook or you can send us an email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Yep. And you can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Radio Public. Radio Public. Please listen on Radio Public. It just, would mean so much. Just put it on in the background yeah. with the volume turned down. Yeah, that's what Keegan's friend does. She just like turns it on, turns the volume down, and like goes about... I mean, she listens to our episodes, She too. listens to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, but she keeps it playing on Radio Public. And why don't we do that? I don't know. We should <laughs> we be doing it. Do if we're it. not at home, we should just leave it on. Yeah, like, leave it on our computer and like leave for eight hours and come home and be like, oh, money! I really hope that the Radio Public people aren't listening right oh, now. I'm sorry. Um, like, we don't do that. None yeah. of us are doing that. <laughs> A girl um, has got to eat, man. <laughs> but yeah, you can find us pretty much anywhere at this point where we're up on almost every platform, I think. We're on mm-hmm. Spotify, iHeart. Um, I already said that, Keegan. You didn't say Spotify, did you? Oh, maybe I didn't say Spotify. <laughs> I did say iHeart, though. Oh, okay. But also, please rate and review and subscribe. Yes, please, please. Do it. It really does help us a lot, and it takes about 30 seconds or so. Yeah, you don't even have to, like, write a really super long, eloquent thing. Just be like, this is cool, done. Yeah. And we appreciate all of those things. We do. I'm going to also just remind everybody to please, please, please send us Sister Solidarity stories. Yes. Um, This is something that I feel like could be really, really fun for us to read while we're doing our mini episodes. And it doesn't just, it doesn't have to be anything super important or big. It can just be, you know, for me this week, just having women contact us through direct messaging on Instagram has been a big thing for me. And uh, women supporting us has felt really, really great. So for me, that's a sister solidarity story. Anything that you want to share with us, 
we would love to hear from you and we would love to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and either direct message us. You can direct message us with those stories or if you do make a post on Instagram, then um, just tag us in it so that yep. we see it. And do hashtag Sister Solidarity. Uh, you can email us those stories. Really, any way that you want to get in contact with us, go for it. I would really love to get that segment started. Yeah, I feel and like it would be really good. If it's something that you want read on the podcast, just let us know that you're okay with that. Yep. Um, you know, in the message so that we can go ahead and do that. Yeah. I don't ever want to read anything that someone's like, I didn't want you to read that. Right. If you want to send us something just personal and want advice, too, I mean, we're not experts, but we'll do what we can. Yeah. We're happy to chat. We're happy to chat anytime. We like friends. Yeah, we friends do. Are good. All the new friends. Um, okay, well, with that... I encourage you. We encourage you. <laughs> just to, you? Just me. You don't. I do. <laughs> we encourage you to, to rage on. Later, beautifuls. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.